Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Turn the Bibles, Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Come on, are you there? Are you really there? Read it together. One, two, go. It says, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, You know, first and foremost, I have a lot to say about this. African parents and Africans in general need to learn about this. They had something to say and they waited for him to finish. Isn't that wonderful? The Bible says, when he ceased. Have you seen people who want to talk to you when you're praying? Can't you wait? (laughs) I think this is a lesson on its own. Learn to respect people's time when they're praying. Allow them. Let them be. Come on, are you listening to me? When he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples to pray. One more time, I'm teaching on the school of the spirit. There is a school of the spirit. You can learn spiritual things. You can. And that's what this text tells us. Teach us to pray. There is a method to the message. You can learn spiritual things. Say that with me. Say, I can learn spiritual things. And you see, this is particularly instructive because in this part of the world, when we see people who are deep in the things of the spirit, subconsciously, we just relegate them. And we conclude that they have and they see what they are seeing and what they have because they have special gifts. And it may seem like a compliment, but also subconsciously, we exonerate ourselves from the responsibility of learning. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? Learning to see what they see and do what they do. But in the Bible, consistently, Consistently, we see a different behavior. What kind of mentality did Peter have to see someone walk on water and think he can do it too? That's something to learn. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, you see someone walk on water and then your default response is to say, I want to join you. That inquisitive spiritual nature is the secret behind everyone who has grown spiritually. Instead of just relegating it to special gifts and generational spiritual talents, teach us to pray. There is a system, there is a curriculum 
a method to the message. Spiritual things are systematic. That's why they can be passed on from generation to generation. Because like a program, if you do the same thing, you will get the same result. Say loud, amen. amen. And to this, Jesus didn't respond and say, no, the things of the Spirit are mysterious. No, he actually did teach them to pray. So now, what does that say to you? You can learn to pray. You can learn. If you don't have a prayer life, you don't have to remain where you are. You can learn. You can do better. Not the person by your side for me. Say you can do better. You can do better. You're doing okay maybe, but you can do better. You they fear not the person I'm watching you. You say you can do better. <laughs> Listen, the person by your side may need it. What you just did might be a word of knowledge. You can do better. Hallelujah. That they watched Jesus pray and they said, Sir, we want to pray like you. We want to learn to pray like you. And he actually did teach them. Because there really is a school of the Spirit. What are the similarities between your regular secular education and the school of the Spirit? I'll give you just two amongst many. Number one. Just the same way teachers teach according to the level of the understanding of the people, so also God relates with us according to the level of our understanding. Are you aware? Come on, I said, are you aware? I've said it before. There was a time when I was learning elementary mathematics, you might have heard teachers tell toddlers or smaller children, you cannot separate, you cannot subtract seven from three. You can only subtract smaller numbers from bigger numbers. Haven't you heard people teach like that? But that is true for a certain level because the level of communication has to be different. And so if you say seven minus four and they don't know, they say, if you have seven biscuits and I take four, how many would you have left? The child will suddenly get it because the child likes biscuits. It's relatable. The same way God deals with us based on the level of our understanding. You know, one text still gets my attention till date. It's a text, you know, about the Roman centurion, you know, just like Jesus did to everybody. When it was time to pray for his servant, he said, let's go to your house. And he said, I'm, I'm a man under authority. I understand authority. Just speak the word. I know you don't have to come to my house. My God. And Jesus knew that too. So all the time he was going from house to house. I'm not talking about this age where there's Uber. Going about is a lot of work, and he did not have to. Why did he go about? Because of the level of faith and understanding of the people. That means Jesus would have been able to do more if the people had more understanding. Can you imagine that? 
So now I'm wondering, how much more can we do, can we achieve if we know more? How much more? All those long journeys, no flights, many of them were by foot. Meaning Jesus would have been able to do 10 times more if the people understood better. Can you imagine that? But he treats us according to the level of our knowledge and understanding. And that's why in the realm of the spirit, just like in the biological demography, there, there are babies, there are adolescents, and then there are old men. And a letter can be written to a church, but to different people in the church. I write unto you, young men. He's not calling them young because they are from, from 18 to, to 30. He said, because you are strong. He's talking about strength in the word. Come on. Are you getting what I'm saying? So there is spiritual adolescence. I write unto you old, not because you have gray hair, but because you have known him who is from the beginning. That's a different type of age. Please, are you following? Uh -huh. So, just like in your schools, the communication is different. In the realm of the spirit too, it depends on your class. And not only is the communication dependent on class, the assignments are dependent on class. So now, someone in primary, primary five claims he's studying mathematics, he's doing mathematics. And someone is doing mathematics at a PhD level. When you see the test questions, it's not the same, but it's the same subject. To whom much is given, much is also what? Uh -huh. that's, that's a spiritual law. So the tax that God will give you, and even the temptations he will allow you face, will be consistent with the strength that you have been able to build. For he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. Amen, somebody. There is a school of the Spirit. And so, I said all of that to say this. You know, you have to be development conscious. You have to be ready to do more, to do better. And be honest about where you are, your level is in the scale of spiritual preference. Where is your level? In this generation, we all like to pretend we are there. But we are not all there. We don't have the same level of understanding, the same level of spiritual maturity, the same level of spiritual exposure. And guess what? It's not even a bad thing. It's something to be honest about. When we are talking about prayer, some of us need to pray better. And guess what? Some of us don't have a prayer life at all. We like to pretend we do. <laughs> Are you ready to help me talk to the person by your side again? Whisper it this time. Say, hey, I'm not going to tell anybody. 
but I know you should be praying better. <laughs> we like to pretend that we do. And honesty is so, is so scarce, even in the church. Some of us would rather die than tell the truth. But listen, you can't improve until you're honest. That when the disciples see Jesus praying, they had been praying before. John taught them to pray. Ah, but they say, ah, teach us, sir. We, we, we thought we knew, but we don't know. Teach us to pray. That's, that's some honesty, don't you think? It takes honesty to recognize where you are. Acknowledge it so that you can improve. Because there is progress in the faith. You can do better. And psychologically, the urgency to do better will reduce when you don't acknowledge that you need to do better. As you are deceiving other people, you are deceiving yourself also. You can tell a lie so consistently that you also begin to believe it. You have lied to us that your spiritual life is as it should be. And now you also have believed it. So this month, be honest with yourself that this is epileptic prayer supply. That's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what you are going through. Hmm? Your prayer life is like Nepa. They're unreliable. When God says, I sought for a man, you know they look for you anymore. You're not there. And here's the good thing. Are you ready for this? God doesn't discriminate against beginners. Oh my God. That's good news. He discriminates against hypocrites but not against beginners. If you try to walk on water and you sink, he's going to catch you. He's going to catch you. He doesn't discriminate against beginners. In fact, I was just meditating on this. Think about it. The disciples went to pray with Jesus. First and foremost, how special is that? I can never get over the privilege of the incarnation. God took on flesh. And as Message Bible translation says, he moved into the neighborhood. Once upon a time, people could point at Jesus' house. That that's where he lives. He had a physical address. And then they went to pray with Jesus. Think about that. Ah, bro, where are you going? Uh, I'm going for a prayer meeting with Jesus. <laughs> what? And so they went with Jesus to pray. And they slept. <laughs> See, if you think you have a lot to learn about prayer, be encouraged. <laughs> be encouraged. It takes a lot to sleep when you're praying with Jesus. Not just when you're praying with Jesus, but at a time he really needed you to pray with him. 
He saw their sleep as, as something personal they did to him. Ah, couldn't you watch with me? At this time. But guess what? Jesus is praying with these guys. He goes steps further to pray alone. He comes back and he finds them sleeping. And what does he do? He doesn't rain fire and brimstone. He just taps them. He wakes them up and encourages them. That's your Jesus. And he encourages them. Come on, you can do one hour. Come on. You can watch with me one hour. Come on. And he leaves them and he goes back. Let me tell you something. Many top men of God won't even do that. Just imagine going to pray with a top man of God. Then he comes back and finds you sleeping. What do you think will happen? <laughs> he will tap you but loud. He will tap you on the face. Well, maybe, maybe not. Well, maybe. But just, I'm, I'm learning from the approach of Jesus. Let me tell you something. We need stern sermons, but there is also an extreme of constantly trying to shame people into spiritual favor. You can't shame people into spiritual favor. Well, you can but you shouldn't always. <laughs> you shouldn't always. Jesus' approach was, was, was calm. Come on, are you with me? You know, sometimes when we begin to brag about our personal devotion, the only thing we achieve is to discourage the people even more. They now look at you that, uh, I knew you were spirit. <laughs> I knew you were spirit. But Jesus' approach... Just imagine you had, the, you had prophetic gifts and you sit on a well and a woman who has five husbands tells you that she doesn't have a husband. What will you say? Some of you say you are toiling with grace. <laughs> if you toil with grace, you face disgrace. <laughs> you know, but just think about it. You know, in fact, Jesus' response, I still, I'm just like, sir, he said, well, understandably, you can say you don't have a husband because you've been married five times. The person you're with is not your husband. So, I understand why you will say you don't have a husband. Let me tell you something. Sometimes we think it is holiness to be strict, to say liar. You don't <laughs> and, and he would be wrong. Come on, are you with me? Sometimes we are particular about exalting ourselves than building people. Let's call a spade a spade. We hide under the guise of challenging people to pray more, but it, it also makes us feel good to tell the people they are not there. Uh -uh. Do you know how I pray? And you, you're always talking about how many hours you have put in personally. And you, you don't see that in the Bible. You don't see that in the Bible. Praise the Lord. There is another extreme also of people not wanting to hear the truth. When you are a member of the Galatian church and you are being bewitched, Paul needs to ask you, who bewitched you? Who gave you sweets to lick? 
<laughs> so there is, there is space for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. But at the same time, we can be more accommodating. Amen, somebody? He just tapped them. Hey. Three times they do that. Three times. And he's empathetic. He's understanding. But listen, the fact that Jesus is understanding doesn't, doesn't protect you from the consequences of prayerlessness. He said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He said, but if you don't pray, you will fall into temptation. You will. You will. You will. And this just tells you how personal prayer life is. That just because you were in the garden with Jesus, Jesus was praying, but you were not. Doesn't mean that you won't fall into temptation. <laughs> if you don't pray your own, you'll be in trouble. That moment after you were in a vicinity where someone was praying so intensively that his capillaries gave way and in, instead of sweat, blood started to come out. You were busy sleeping. <laughs> and temptation met you unprepared. That's very instructive. It's a sermon on its own. Come on, are you listening to me? But I said all of that to say that Jesus doesn't discriminate. He doesn't. He doesn't. As long as you are honest and you're ready to put in the work. So now, you are a member of this church. Very likely you joined recently. You don't have a prayer life. Listen, oh my God. When you hear sermons like this, you are too embarrassed to, to, to own up to the fact that you are struggling. And the Bible's approach is so encouraging. First and foremost, he tells you that men of God have the same struggle as you. Did I not tell you that Peter, James, and John were praying with Jesus and slept? I love the Bible. Let me tell you something. One of the reasons I knew as a growing believer that this must be the word of God is that they didn't hide the frailties of, of the men therein. When Peter slept, he told you he slept. <laughs> Come on, are you with me? Oh, that's encouraging. It says, Elias was a man subject to like passions as you are. He could also be tired. Here is something that you need to know. Sometimes I don't feel like praying. There is no man of God who doesn't have those moments. In fact, ironically, it is after protracted seasons of prayer that you experience that. I think the worst I ever experienced was the first time I did three camp meetings. Do you know what it means to do three camp meetings? And you're the one who preached all the sessions. In fact, four. I did Portacot, Lagos, Abuja, then did the bad on January. By the time I was done. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
to recover her. I had to just go somewhere to an island just to look, just to be looking at the ocean. Just <laughs> like I had to just, you know, <laughs> just be looking at you. You, you. you don't understand. It's a real thing. Virtue can leave you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I mean. I don't know where we learned this in this generation where men of God hide their vulnerabilities and all of that. When the Bible even says you don't have a high priest who is not touched by the feelings of your infirmity. So I think it will encourage you to know that everyone who has a prayer life has moments where they don't feel like praying. But they push past it nonetheless. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. But he prayed. Listen, that but is very important. When you understand that but, the significance of it, then you are beginning to understand what it takes to build a prayer life. So the difference is you succumb to your feelings. But they pushed past it. He was a man subject to like passions. Listen, Gethsemane was not the last time. Oh. In Acts chapter 10, Peter was praying and he slept off. In fact, the spirit realm had to now create an avenue to talk to him despite his weakness. So they started walking through trance. And he used something that he could relate to very well to talk to him, to teach him spiritual things, food. So what did he dream about? Answer me now. Maybe. <laughs> so I, I, I just see that and it's encouraging. Hallelujah. The subject to like passions as we are, but they prayed. But they prayed. Hallelujah. So you can push past it. I understand, but you must push past it. Come on, I said amen, somebody. Amen. So, how do I start? What do I need to know? I'm a beginner, especially when you come to this church, this kind of church. You know, there's, uh, some people have been honest to say, Pastor, I just felt intimidated. You know, you just came as a beginner and everybody's jumping, speaking in tongues violently. You know, I saw a tweet by a non-church member. He says, is it not that church where they all speak in tongues? You know, I, well, it's a very nice thing to say about us. Amen, someone. Amen. All of us, they stagger normally. You know what I mean? <laughs> Spiritual drunken masters. Are the results not showing? Ah, they are showing all of us, they see. All of us, they hear. Amen, somebody. Yeah. But it can be intimidating. Like, how do I, where do I even start? Someone said, what made him decide to join this church? <laughs> In that particular service, we grouped the members into groups. And members began to prophesy 
you know, pray for the sick, and they were healed instantly. He said, you can understand the man of God doing it. But members, ah, he said, this is his church. Oh. But it, it can be a bit intimidating when you see people doing that. You, you come to church and someone gives you a word of knowledge. The Lord said this, 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 this. <laughs> you know, a lady came to our church and she had successfully, married woman, successfully hearing the fact that she was pregnant for a long time. And she wasn't showing visible signs. You know, but she came to church and then someone stretched out a book, a gift, said, the Lord said I should give you this gift. The, the book was on, my, on pregnancy. So, they, so <laughs> she said, how did you know? Well, ma, welcome to Celebration Church. <laughs> Praise the Lord! So how do you start? So I, I just want to give you simple steps. And here is the first thing that you must know. If you want to build a prayer life, number one, learn to pray heartfelt prayers. Learn to pray what? Oh my God. And just to save you from the theological jargon and the Greek terminologies and all of that, and all the things that the lexicon have to say about that, I simply mean that when you pray, you must mean what you say. When you pray, you must mean what you say. Don't be indifferent. In your prayer, there must be an investment of your emotions. Many times it will show in your posture. Ah, It will show in your posture. Not all the time, but many times. When you see the Bible say that Jesus in Gethsemane, he fell to the ground. That's posture. Praise the Lord. That's posture. When it touches you, it will show. Anything that you are emotional about will influence your posture. It's normal. When you hear news, it will show in your posture, good or bad. It's normal. And some of you, you know, you embrace it in every other aspect of your life except spiritual things. It's spiritual things you make all the excuses for. You say, he's not by that. Meanwhile, the same you, when you are arguing, they try to get you to reduce your voice, and they, they can't. You are shouting. And they say, reduce your voice. You say, that's how I talk. <laughs> but when it's time to pray, you get secretives. <laughs> Why? Hallelujah. James 5.16b. The heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. And here's something you should know about heartfelt. You know, I studied my, my prayer life and I discovered usually when I'm shouting, I'm making decrees or I'm stirring myself up. When I'm talking to the Lord, I'm praying heartfelt prayers, but heartfelt prayers don't have to be loud. Hannah's voice wasn't heard, but what she prayed was heartfelt. Come on, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, my God. 
Sometimes you pray till you get to a point. And you are not as loud as before, but the prayer is even deeper. Some of you know what I'm saying. The prayer is even deeper. So listen, heartfelt is heartfelt. Sometimes it's a thing of the heart. It's not drama. When it gets to a point where the thing begins to really touch you, as a principle, any prayer that doesn't touch you can't change you. Are you listening to me? If it does not touch you, it can't change you. This is school of prayer, right? I want us to demonstrate. So who, who wants to volunteer? No, no, okay, no, not you now. Who wants to volunteer? Thank you, come. Give her a microphone quickly. So, first and foremost, I want you to pray just, just surface prayer. Pray like you and God are guys now. <laughs> huh? No, 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 no. In, in English, just in, 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 um, in English so that people can participate and, and understand what you're saying. Just pray normal and listen. Uh, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for gifts of life. Thank you for breath of life, Father. Thank you. You are so deep, you can't even fake. <laughs> <laughs> that one, what you do, you won't bless me, sir. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So now, pray a heartfelt prayer. Okay, pray it. You know what? I want you to thank God in your understanding, in a heartfelt way. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Daddy, for your spirit at work in me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because through me, you do the impossible. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your hand in my life. Thank you because you are raising a giant through me. Hallelujah. It's powerful, right? Put your hands together for her. Who else? I want someone else. Someone else. No, I want someone from the back. Come, come. No, it's not sure. I don't want any of my people. Someone else. Raise your hand. Let me just come to someone, since you all are forming. Okay, there was a lady before. Um, come, you want the t-shirt, please come. You don't look back, it's you, yeah. Thank you. Put your hands together for him. Listen, it's a school, listen. And I'm, I'm, I'm privileged to be your trainer, right? So there's, you can't get it wrong, just do it. So pray a heartfelt prayer, just a heartfelt prayer. So the principle is just mean what you are saying, right? Go ahead. For Jesus' name, I thank you for my life. I thank you for what you brought me today. Thank you for the opportunity to stand for you people today. I thank you for um, giving me the grace to be where I am today. All right, good. But make it more heartfelt now. Like it just God just did something for you. And you're like, for me, Lord, you did that for me? So. Like calling me out. Yeah, I'm calling you out, right? Say, like calling me out today. Oh, like calling you out today, all right. So go ahead. Father, I thank you. <laughs> Imagine you were going to pray that prayer. Sometimes 
you start with a sigh. <sighs> Dear God, thank you. You see the difference? Try that now. I'm not, listen, I'm not teaching you to pray in a particular way. Do you understand? Heartfelt means different things to different people. But when you do it, we will know. If someone you love is in trouble, it will show on your face. Has it ever happened to you? We're trying to hide it. How are you? I'm fine. They say, mm-mm, you are not fine. You are not fine. That's that. When a matter touches your heart, ah, <laughs> you get that? You want to try one more time? Go ahead. Listen, first and foremost, you know, it's a lot to stand here. So, <laughs> even to be heartfelt, yeah, it's not easy. Do you understand? All right, go ahead. Go ahead. That's this one. They call this Hannah prayer. This is how Hannah prayed. Thank you. Thank you very much. Put your hands together for him. Who else? Come. Um, no, I want a lady this time. Don't worry. Come. Come. Shapala Likori Kapai. All right, go ahead. Heartfelt. Yes, heartfelt. Heavenly Father, I thank you because you are my God. Thank, thank you. you for everything you've done. I don't have the words. You've been so good to me in so many ways. I just want to come here today to say that from the bottom of my heart, I'm grateful. I don't have all the words, but I just want to acknowledge you as my source. All I have comes from you. Thank you for what you are doing in my life. Thank you because I know and I'm assured. Now you are making a name for yourself in my life. I return all the glory to you. I pray that as I step out and I go out to work tomorrow, that everything I'm going to do is going to be perfect. Thank you because you have gone ahead of me to make everything perfect in Jesus' name. Amen. Fair attempt. Put your hands together for her. Supernando kufinai ke kulia shimai. Come. Sepelelu fitai kapanai. Say. What's going on? Okay. Oh, Nasab. Oh. All right. Don't put him under more pressure. Uh, uh, oh, 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 oh. I let my 
All right, let's hear you pray. Ah, Father, I thank you because you are alive in me. You're the air that I breathe. In you I live, in you I move, in you I have my being. You're my very essence. All that I am is you, Lord. I look at where you brought me from. I swear, Lord. Ah, Lord, is you. You're the one who wills in me. You're my desire. My very essence. You're my zeal, my passion. You're the one that I've set my gaze upon. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Ah, it was me you died for. It was me you laid it all out for. Hallelujah. For me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. Take a few seconds. Pray a heartfelt prayer right now. Everybody. Pray a heartfelt prayer. Thank you. Pray a heartfelt prayer. Oh. Mean what you say. Oh. Mean what you say. A heartfelt prayer is a prayer from the spirits. It's from inside. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So here are, let me, let me say this. A lot of us need to learn how to pray heartfelt prayers. We do. Let me give you another example of a heartfelt connection. When you begin to date someone, but you want to keep it a secret, you've told your pastor, you've told some key people, but you don't want it to be public yet. But people see the way you people are doing, and they say, ah, ah. You are seeing each other. You say, no, I just... Uh -uh. You are seeing each other. That's heartfelt. Come on, are you with me? And here is the precarious situation. It's precarious that we have heartfelt connections in other things besides spiritual things. So that investment of the emotion... Is something to grow into. You, you, must, you must learn it. So that like you, when the disciples see you pray, they want what you have. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? They want what you have. Like people see your devotion and they want it. 
here are a few ways that you can build a heartfelt prayer life. Number one, learn to meditate on the scriptures. I believe, you see, <laughs> and that's why sometimes it's good to warm your heart with the word of God before you pray. Just before you pray, study the Bible. Some of you know what I'm saying. If you pray after you've studied, it has a different effect. And, and both have a symbiotic relationship because if you study after you pray, it has a different effect too. You know, but if you pray after studying, it, it, it looks like you cultivated the ground of your heart. You have given your mind something to focus on. Let me tell you something. Do you know, ah, Jesus, are you ready for this? The greatest harm of social media is not even addiction. The greatest harm of social media is that a generation has lost the ability to lock their focus on something for long. Just the fact that because you have a social media addiction, no matter how deep a thought is, you must interrupt that thought every few minutes to touch your phone. That's a big problem. It's an attack on your prayer life. What I'm explaining can reduce the miraculous in an entire generation. Because let me tell you something. To touch anything deep spiritually, you must be able to put your hands on it in the spirit and hold on tenaciously. We have a generation that cannot mourn. Because listen... For instance, I won't ask you to raise your hand if it has happened to you. That so, something very serious was happening. And you were worried, or at least so you thought. But you still wanted to check what was happening online. It, it felt like, in fact, you can be crying and be scrolling. <laughs> you are losing something of great spiritual benefit, the ability to focus. We must bring back the days of Moses where you can go up a mountain 40 days to intercede for people. 40 days. Many days. Many hours. And just one thing is on your mind. Let me tell you something. You dilute your prayer time if your prayer is not heartfelt. You can pray 10 hours and someone will achieve more results with one hour prayer. Because in, that, in those 10 hours, your mind was traveling. You, you, you have toured all the countries in the world. Prayer has like a laser focus. Come on, now you get what I'm saying. You must be able to zero into one thing. If you don't learn what I'm saying, ha, ah, my God. Try it. You might have prayed six hours before. But the next time you do one hour, be determined not to think about anything else. Just try that. So that's when some of you, you will discover, <laughs> my God, 
how difficult that has become for you. But all I want, Lord, if it is possible, let this cup pass over. Listen, and for one hour, that's the only thing on your mind. It consumes you. I'm giving you an assignment to, to practice that. Come on, are you with me? And you can do that by meditating on the word of God, you know, thinking on the word of God, putting away distractions. Your prayer cannot be heartfelt with, with distractions. It ain't going to work. So there is a type of fast that this generation needs to have. You fast away from your phone. You know, you put it away. Put aside distractions. Amen. Yeah. Oh my God. And then the next thing I want to talk about, the Bible says, it doesn't just say heartfelt, it says continued. 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 Uh -huh. So now you have to learn to pray long. I know it's going to be a journey, but it's a spiritual phenomenon. It's not just something that extra religious people do. In the Bible, there are too many examples to be ignored. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, let me tell you something. That means that prayer meeting was not an hour. It was not two hours. It's not three hours. He wouldn't have said they ministered to the Lord and fasted except the meeting lasted at least six hours. Come on, are you with me? If he says they fasted, it means the meeting was long. And so, you see it littered through the Bible. The text I just quoted is Acts 13. In Acts 12, there was a long prayer too. Peter had been arrested and they prayed until Peter literally knocked on the door. This prayer has no schedule. It's okay when you say I'm praying two hours. But this one, you pray until something happens. <laughs> Listen, start building your muscle for that. I'm no prophet of doom to tell you you will need it one day. I, I thank God for my dad. That's one thing I saw. Listen, before prayer was a doctrine, before I knew the doctrine of prayer, I saw what prayer can do in that man. I can stand here and tell you stories upon stories. Stories, I can, I know for a fact that if not for the prayer life of that man, my mom would not be here today. I told, I've said, I've shared many stories. There was a time she was taken down with an ailment, and you know, we're still nursing it, saying all those Christian statements. Ah, it is well. You know, all those things we say until it was getting worse. And a young, beautiful woman was on the bed and couldn't move. Ah! I've never seen my dad like that before. He called all of us to the room, pointed at his wife on the bed. He said, this woman must be healed today. 
I'm not telling you something I read in a book. Are you listening to me? He said, this woman must be healed. The same thing you have been praying about, you know, Indomie prayers. When you get annoyed. And it made it easier because the person in question was someone we loved very much. We began to fire. (laughs) Oh my God. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I've had many prayer adventures, and by the way, she was healed that night. That night, I'm not talking about what I'm talking about happened. I think 2007. From 2007 till now, we've not seen symptoms of that sickness. Are you getting what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm not. I'm not talking about, (laughs) this is personal testimony. I can go on and on. So he says, heartfelt continued. I learned it from my dad. I hated it at the time, but I get it now. We go on like this. (laughs) Without end. Sometimes we will start pretending as if we will die if it doesn't end the prayer. He won't care. We've tried different styles. One day, my mom was so angry. She just went into the room, brought pillow, went to the center of the prayer. In my own room is a prayer woman, but there are a lot of explanations. He didn't, my dad didn't used to give us notice. Just wake up while praying 12 hours. Ah! <laughs> so, this particular day, she was. She had a busy week and the man, you know, and when it starts, you're not going anywhere. So she, she just laid there. He didn't, he didn't stop her. Thank you for saving me. <laughs> Tutu. <laughs> we had this rebellious relative <laughs> who was staying with us by the time. He got so annoyed, he began to use songs to shade my father in prayer. They would say, everybody, sing a song. He has done for me what my father cannot. And it's only, you know, that song, you will say, What my father, what my mother, he stayed on father. What my mother. So the first day, he sang that song. Second day, sang that song. Third day, say, my father said, Is that the only song you know? And you know, I did not laugh. So I <coughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. But this is the idea. When you go to a gym, no matter what you carry, you are not fit until you come the next day and the day after that. For you to be fit, there must be consistency. Prayer follows that same principle. Are you getting what I'm saying? So he says, heartfelt, continue. Listen, prayer must be a lifestyle. You are not praying until you pray without ceasing. It must be a lifestyle. I'm glad you have prayed three stretch days before. But after that, you went into spiritual oblivion. We have been looking for you ever since. All you have is the relics of spiritual experiences. Ah, that I've prayed 48 hours before. 
But it's been 10 years now. <laughs> Ever since. And this is the danger, you know, of challenging people and just throwing out numbers like that. Subconsciously, when you are praying, there is a mark you want to, is bragging rights you're looking for. It's bragging rights you're looking for. So that you'll be able to talk. And psychologically, when you hit that mark, ah, you're not going there again. <laughs> you have it in your report card just to show people so that you say, henceforth, let no man trouble me. I be his prayer, I've done it before. Eh? Say something else. <laughs> but it's a lifestyle. Come on, are you with me? Uh-huh. If you want to walk in the glory of God, there are some things you must do consistently, not once in a while. You must live there. I have more respect for someone who prays regularly than someone who prays long once in a while. And in fact, such a person, you see, these things can be explained. Thank God this is school of prayer. All right? So, there's something Papa Hagen calls praying down the glory. <laughs> Are you with me? For some of you, you have been so far that it will take you three days to get there. It is by the third day that you will begin to smell the fragrance <laughs> of the most holy place. But here is the thing. Once you hit that ember, Kenneth Hagin thought, and I believe experientially, that it will not be as difficult to maintain that level. Are you getting what I'm saying? So he said, I mean, at first it might take you three days. The next time, if the next time is not known from the first time, it will take you two days. And after a while, one hour, um, one day, then you get to a point, he said it got to a point he could hit it every 30 minutes. And he explained how we had the structure. In fact, apart from after fasting consistently, he began to have a fasted life. There is the infrastructure for it. Hallelujah. Come on, I get what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, someone who has hit that ember and has stayed there can with 30 minutes achieve more than someone who does 10 hours once every three months. The consistency is important. Hallelujah. So listen, we're talking about building a prayer life. Let your first aim be consistency. Before length, consistency. And when you are setting goals, set realistic goals, just say, you know what? I am going to pray 15 minutes. For some of you, that's a miracle. You know, when I say things like this, we like to laugh as if I'm talking to the person by your side. <laughs> you set your alarm clock. All right? Set your alarm clock. Everybody, you know what? Please, bring out your phones. Just set. Let's assume you already have prayer time because you know we like to form. Just set a new one. Set a new one. Bring out your phone. Set a new one. This is school of prayer, right? 
What time every day will you pray? Let me tell you the truth. When I was learning many years ago, I did 15 minutes. I can tell you how I was doing it. First five minutes for Thanksgiving. Second five minutes, middle five minutes, you know, to stir myself up in tongues. Imagine, you know, stir myself up. Five minutes. And then the last five minutes to pray for people, intercession. But oh my God, after one week, the first thing I noticed was 15 minutes will, will be over and I will continue. And then the second thing I noticed, ah, praying every day, it hits different. The environment inside was different. <laughs> it was different. I dare you to try. All right? And then here is another thing. After a while, you do 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening. After a while, you increase it to 20 minutes, morning, evening. Then after a while, you do morning, evening, afternoon. 20, 20 minutes. Before you know it, you're praying a whole one hour every day, which is a total miracle for some of you. Try it two weeks and see. Have you set your alarm clock? So you build consistency. And now, I want to give another principle that can help you. Listen, this one is so important. When all else fail, this one will not fail. Are you ready for it? Turn the Bibles quickly. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24. Oh, this is so powerful. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24. Never forget this. This principle is so important. Let it be your go-to principle when you are struggling. When you, you don't know what to do anymore. Or you just enter into a difficult season. Your prayer life is attacked and you, you, you're not praying. This is what the Bible says. It says, let us consider one another to provoke Unto love and to good works. Everybody, Hebrews 10, 24, read together loud as you can, want to go. Oh my God, listen. Someone else's spiritual favor can provoke you. Just like a jumpstart cable. It's a thing in the realm of the spirits. If your vehicle is not working, someone can jumpstart you. That when the disciples see Jesus praying, ah, they want to pray. They want to learn about prayer. They, they want to know this thing. When Peter sees Jesus walking on water, he, he wonders, what have I been doing with my life? Has it happened to you before that you saw someone? You know, so now here is what you can do. Create an environment of constant positive provocation. You know what I believe? This is the most important thing that you can do in your work with God. The most important. That's why God doesn't want us to be alone. His strategy is for a body edifying one another. This is, this is, this is very important. Amen, somebody. Amen. This is so important. Provoke one another. So listen, every day, 
I must see something that encourages me in my spiritual work. So I make sure I listen to a sermon or I read the book. Even if I am praying and I'm studying, if I, if I have not created an environment, I'm in trouble. Are you listening to me? So even if it is coming to church, this is where coming to church becomes important. In fact, the next verse proves it. All right? What does the next verse say? Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some. So, the, one of the major reasons coming to church is powerful is that the person praying by your side does something to you. You may not even know. You may not even know. As it have happened, for instance, something happens in church and um, maybe you want to appreciate someone who made a presentation and then or, or in any conference and someone starts clapping and as a ripple effect, everybody starts clapping. Has it, has it happened to you before? You are more impressionable than you realize. You are more imp- Those days, I used to do it on purpose. I would go to a part of the audience that was not active. And even if the person who is leading praise is not really in the spirit, I will just dance. It worked all the time. Uh Uh-uh, when you're not Satan's cousin. (laughs) The people by my side will just start, you know, before you know it, a ripple effect. Let me tell you something. Oh, my God. That's why he says, is anyone overtaken in a fault? Ye which are spiritual, restore. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. So listen, learn to feed off the energy of other people. Learn to do that. Let their work with God bless you. Learn to do that. Come on, are you listening to me? So you do that even when you are not praying. Just play worship. Play worship. Learn learn to play worship songs more. Learn to play sermons more. Sometimes, let it just saturate the atmosphere. Walk around, do chores, do whatever you're doing. You're cooking in the kitchen. Let something be playing. Has it happened to you that you were playing something for a long time and it was just in the background, but all of a sudden you start paying attention to it and it tears you up? I'm giving you a science so that you can make it predictable. You can see more of it. So every new month, and then you know playlists expire. Isn't that true? So consciously recreate the playlist. Make sure that it's always staring. And just put it on repeat. What is number one? What is number one? Heartfelt prayers. Let me see. Heartfelt prayer, animate it when you are learning. Even if you're just, do you understand what I'm saying? On purpose, increase your volume and stay there consistently. You know, there's a science to these things. Has it ever happened that you wanted to sleep and sleep was not coming? What did you do? Close your eye. Stay still. That's how it works in the realm of the spirit too. Hey, my God. 
Let me just see. Let me tell you something. You can you can wake yourself out of spiritual mediocrity. I'm telling you. In the morning, just on purpose, say, Ha, thank you, Jesus. I'm alive. I'm alive in you. Hey, Mataria, Rudnerebe. You don't feel it, oh. Practice what I'm saying. You don't feel it. I'm alive. I'm alive. Thank you, Lord. Hey, there's fire on my altar. Fire on my altar. Fire on my altar. I dare you to do that for five minutes and be normal. I dare you. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is a science to this thing. A method to the message. Heartfelt. Every morning. In fact, let me put it this way. Animate it. Every morning. Make it a principle that you will start your day like that every morning. Glory! Woo! Glory! Woo! I'm full of life. Full of the Spirit. Full of the Holy Ghost. Bouncing in His glory. Ready to do ministry today. Ready to talk about Jesus. Ready. Ready. Glory! Grace is the glory of God in my life. Grace is the glory of God in my life. Uh, you, you think you will, you will do that and then I say, huh, I'm so dull. I don't know. It's can't, you can chase away. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Chase it away. Heartfelt. Number two, consistency, right? So now do it every day. It takes childlike, childlikeness. Just fool yourself. Every morning, do that. Bounce. You know, and bask in the glory of God. Boast about the glory of God. Praise God ex- excitedly. Every day. Set a realistic goal. For some of you, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. All right? If you want to start praying two hours, you can break it. Even Jesus did it. He prayed three times. Uh, come on, are you with me? And number three is what? Uh-huh. So you, you see, there are some sermons that cannot be playing in the background and you'll be dull. It will chase all the demons in your house. To chase all the demons in your house. Number four and the final one. Religious people will despise this, but it will change your life. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Which is more powerful, prayer or singing? Now, some of you are laughing because you think it's a ridiculous question, but subconsciously, a lot of people think prayer is more powerful. Am I saying the truth or not? So if you are singing, they say, okay, when are we praying? Yes or yes. And listen, prayer is important. But think about it. What we sing can be a prayer. And many songs are prayers. But somehow subconsciously, because there's a melody in it, we despise it. Meanwhile, you can use songs to lure yourself into the place of prayer. 
If you are struggling to pray it, sing it. Oh Lord, you are good. And your mercy send you forever. <laughs> sing it. Sing it. Let me tell you something. If you are struggling so much, get songs that have lyrics consistent with what you want to pray. Play them back to back and sing them out. Concentrate. On purpose, I personally don't choose songs for those moments. Songs that have too much instrument, you know, instrumentation. I might be distracted. Ah, hear what that bass did there. I don't do that. Do you understand? So I, I can be. I have a very weird playlist. So some of my songs are even hymns, old hymns. I just like. Some of them are just instrumentals. And then some of them, of course, apostolos. You know. uh, all right, you know. So, and, and just do that and flow. Sing along. And then when you are done singing, then pray. If you do these four things, I believe you will see more results. And in all this doing, you must be particular about the time. Be religious about it. Notice is when you began to make excuses and say it's not about the time it's not about the time that's when your prayer life started dropping when you were growing and you say ah those can you remember those days if you don't pray in the morning to feel like your salvation is gone you had more results then oh your prayer was more consistent then but now ah uh, you know ah uh, you are deep now have a prayer time Stick to it and then build from there. Did you learn anything? Yeah. Ah, can I give you one, one last one? Yeah. This one is actually under an environment, but let me give it, make it a separate one. Prayer partner. Prayer partner. Prayer partner. Listen, we must create a system of accountability in church. Where if someone is struggling in their prayer life, they can tell us, sir, I don't know what is, I'm under attack. <laughs> I'm under, to pray like this. Ha, this is all I need. I will buy credit for you. <laughs> I will buy credit for you. Just five minutes. Help my destiny. Help my destiny. Just say, after devotion time, five minutes, let's just pray in the spirit. All right? So throughout last year, not like I was struggling or anything, but just there's someone I used to pray for. Once he calls at a particular time where I know why he's calling. He's not, not to exchange pleasantries. No, how are you? How's the family now? No. Once he pick the tongues, batoko, ipele, rukata. See? That's it. We don't greet at that time. <laughs> We're doing that four times daily. Don't speak like Matakabaya, Rotokopo, If I'm with people, I just say, sorry, give me a few minutes. Ebeleto, Ibene. So, especially if you are struggling, immediately after this service, go and meet someone. So, if, even if you are not struggling, but you just want to do better, say, can we do that? It's a good idea, all right? 
guys to guys, girls to girls. Because some of you, I know, you see, you see, I've caught you, I've caught you. So you want to make sure that it is God both of you are talking to. Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand? If you want to toast where don't use God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> toast with your full chest. Leave God out of it. <laughs> I know you were happy before. Ah, pastor, I don't. No. Guys to guys. Girls to girls. When you are done, don't now say, ah, so what are you up to? Mm-mm. Bye-bye now. See you next prayer time. <laughs> Bam. Are you listening to me? <laughs> Let me give you one last one and, and then we go, all right? How many have I given you now? Six. Number six. Triumph 30 devotion now. Oh, yes. Listen, I'm serious. Just the fact that you can connect and hear people lead you in a time of prayer. Just connect religiously three times a day. 6 a.m., 12 noon, 8 p.m. If you are up in the night, when the devil wants to give you, you know, stupid things to think about, just connect, 2 a.m. Do you understand what I'm saying? We've created and curated this structure to help you. All right? So download the app if you don't have it now, Triumph 30. It's available on Apple and other devices. I don't know why you're laughing. (laughs) Oh, yeah, wait. Oh, yeah, what did they call the other one? No, I forgot. No, 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 the store. No, no. Play store and words is the other one I'm trying to remember. Okay, play store for Android. Oh, okay, so that one too. (laughs) No, I'm joking. They are good Android phones. Come on. You know, so Play Store and Apple Store, right? And then tune in. If you have Bible reading plan, if you have written devotional and four prayer times, just tune in. It's a good place to start and a good place, good way to make sure that you keep the structure. Hallelujah. Were you blessed? Did you learn anything? Please stand to your feet. Zapale Konzepaya. Just tear yourself up for a few minutes. Time is fast spent. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Uh Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Gasson breteke pai, conche, lembreteke paia, conse pai, rose preteki pocuchete, rendele pocuchete, giva casonde, braton rese, kepacachete, kepele, rose teke betekibo, suteki bacate, lende kibo cuchete, kipacate, giva cache, rose pretekiva, balendele conche. Belete kepelea, embre sete keboka, ronse belete kiba kashete, razu zete kiba kale, ruse te kiba, baleshete rebelete kepe, ruse te lepaya, kons, 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 
Zepelendo Sapalia Cast. In Jesus, mighty name we pray. Thank you, Father. Say, I'm the temple of the Lord. Say, I'm a house of prayer. Say, every day from my altar, sacrifices rise. Holy and acceptable to God. Say, this altar is not without sacrifice. Say, this altar is not void of consecration. Say, in the name of Jesus, I am a living sacrifice. So I present my body. I present my time. I present my all. A living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. Say, this is my reasonable service. Say, I lay aside every weight. And every sin that easily besets. And I run. With patience. The race set before me. Say, in the name of Jesus. Every weight. Every weight. I lay them aside. Say, the grace of Jesus has empowered me to say no to unrighteousness, to put aside sin, and to walk in my calling. Say, I walk worthy of my vocation. Say, I walk like a child of God. I talk like a child of God like a child of God say I'm empowered to correct inconsistencies say in the name of Jesus anything that doesn't bring God praise I put them aside I cut them from my life in the mighty name of Jesus thank you father thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. I want you to do something for 20 seconds. Praise him from your heart. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809 996 7,000 Blessings